I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Just do the right thing! Welcome to the podcast panel show that wants to do the right thing in any situation. For example, what is the right way to eat a conference pair? Take both of their suits off and roast them where the other businessmen won't see. <laughs> I'm Danielle Ward and with me trying to do the right thing today, his bark is worse than his psoriasis. It's Michael Legg. And with him, like a pantomime dame without the willy, it's Sarah Millican. (laughs) (laughs) And on my right, she's the Olivia Coleman of her generation. If you don't count Olivia Coleman, (laughs) it's Margaret Cable-Smith. And with her, he's Birmingham's favourite son, after the man who lived inside R2-D2 and the drummer from Ocean Colour Scene. It's Joe Lysett. (laughs) Best crack on, it's time for round one. The importance of being right. Now, like asking Alexa to order four candles, I've run into some trouble online. In this round, I'm going to give each team a scenario, and they're going to tell me what the right thing to do is according to Dame Judy Desktop. (laughs) You're not fans. (laughs) Margaret and Joe, you're at a karaoke bar singing your favourite 90s hit when you hear the distant sound of screaming, oh no, turns out aliens have invaded the Earth, and not even a week later, you're living in a bunker avoiding the killbots that patrol our once peaceful streets. One afternoon, you're thinking about how the killbots could be deactivated if you found a way to fly an explosive device into the central alien hive when, bloody hell, you're falling down some stairs. So what is the right way to fall down safely? (laughs) According to aarp.org. What's the best way to fall down stairs or to fall down in general? To fall down, let's start in general. Have you ever fallen over, Joe? Not once. Really? (laughs) And I will never do it in all my years. Does that make you an expert or a novice? I was lying for comedic effect. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I fell down quite aggressively during a photo shoot once. I kicked my one leg into the air to show off to the camera. And whilst that leg was in the air, I kicked the other leg into the air. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which produced an effect known as gravity. <laughs> and, um, and I broke my elbow. And I hadn't broken a bone before or since, so I, I went into that sort of shock state where you think you're fine. And I was telling everyone I was fine, even though I'd just fallen onto concrete. And they carried on with the photo shoot, and all of the photos afterwards, I can't straighten my arm or make myself not look like I'm about to vomit. And it went on for about half an hour, and the photos are so funny. <laughs> and I wanted so to use them it. for my... Yeah, I sort of wanted to use them for my tour press because they're so funny, more funny than the show was that I was promoting. <laughs> Did the photographer not say... No, the health and safety there was appalling. And actually, I should sue them in hindsight. Yes, let's do that now. I think when you fall down, you should try and land your fattest bit first. 
So, for example, I've got a really big face. Um, <laughs> so, but just, you know, just try and... Just land on your face. Yeah, land on your face. Aren't you meant to sort of... Uh, Roll. Yes, gambol, as we'd say in Birmingham. <laughs> just, just to get the local audience on side. <laughs> yeah, I'm all right, Bab. <laughs> I thought only lambs gambled. I didn't think people... Could... Oh, oh they've turned. They hate me. Yes. Look at them. Yeah, I'm all right, Bert. <laughs> yes! <laughs> She's our back. queen! <laughs> Sarah Milliken. Hi. Have you ever had a bad injury? I was once walking on New Year's Eve with some friends and they all started to say, are you okay, are you okay? And I didn't know why. And apparently I'd walked into a lamppost. <laughs> But I was so full of whiskey that I did not know. <laughs> so I think the best way to fall is to be pissed. Mm. <laughs> it's hard when you are falling to try and order some drinks yes. as you're falling. <laughs> try and Sometimes. get them in really quickly. It is the cause and the solution. Mm. <laughs> I think I would, a bit like what Margaret said, I think I'd lean forward because I've got a lot of stuff at the front and I think that might be quite a good cushion. And I might then just look like I was sort of flying when I landed. Just <laughs> yeah, on you might just bounce belly. right back up. Oh, that would be amazing. <laughs> I'd the have w- to fall on the back of my arms. Why? That's where all the fat is. <laughs> <laughs> it feels very complicated. I went over on both ankles at the same time in the snow and that's when I started to call it having a fall instead of falling yeah. over. <laughs> Because it felt like a real pensioner move. There was a woman, I think it was in South America, who did a skydiving thing. What do you call it? Jumping skydive? out of a skydive. <laughs> a skydiving. A thing. really big fall. Uh, yeah. And the parachute didn't work, and she survived. And it was something to do with landing through trees, or something mm. buffered her, but they said the odds were obviously very low. And she survived and became like a national celebrity. So maybe we should ask her, although I think she died a couple of years ago. <laughs> From, did she from die tripping off? down the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying carry bushes with you every Yes, day. there we go. Well, that I've was, got that one. That's what we were getting to. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> there was also a man who. <laughs> oh, George has got it! No. No. <laughs> there was a. Um, a man who fell off a roof and he thought it was a dream and that's the reason he survived. Because he thought it was a dream, he was completely relaxed. Listen to some whale song on the fall. Yeah. Just something to really yeah, chill yeah. you out. Similar yeah. to booze, I guess. Yeah. Michael, you yeah, must hello, have mate. had a fall or two. Yeah. <laughs> Tell it's us not, about it. It's not it. been easy. A few years ago, I was out in the park walking my dog and I met some young people. I wasn't that looking for young people. They were just there. They liked my dog, so we, they started talking. And because one of them had a Nirvana T-shirt, like a creepy old fucker, well, of course, I saw them in 91. Really did you? My dad saw them too. And all of a sudden, we started talking about that. And I felt for a second like I was a cool, relevant human being. And then that day ended. And the next day, I was walking through the park, and I saw the same young people. I saw them at a distance, and they were walking towards me. And I noticed that my shoelace was undone. And I thought, don't trip, Michael. This is the last thing those young people who look up to you as a role model. So I thought, I'll just tie my shoelace. So I lifted my leg to balance my foot on a set of railings to tie my shoelace. And like Del Boy himself, (laughs) I realized that was not a set of railings. It was a gate. And down I went. And here's the thing, and I do think I should get points for this. 
because when I landed, like literally in mud, my initial reaction was, right, get up quick. No, no. Why get up? Why ever get up again? The mud is salvation. Never get up. So what I'm saying is, why do we fall, Bruce? To just lie there. <laughs> Make sure you know exactly how a grave feels. <laughs> Have a little test. Oh, it's nice. Margaret, you are quite risk-averse, being Catholic. Mm. My husband and I were in Bristol, and he went to university in Bristol, and he said, oh, I know what you'd like. There's a bit of rock that's formed into a natural slide. The students used to love sliding down that. And I was like, yeah, that sounds brilliant. That's exactly the sort of thing I love. And so we did that. And he was at the bottom, and I started to slide, and halfway down, I realised they'd concreted over the, the bottom of it to stop people sliding down. Obviously, it was too late. So, don't know what, this is a reflex. You don't know what you're going to do at times like that. And I did turn so that the fat bit of my leg was going to land. But what I also did was I shouted, I'm going to hurt myself! <laughs> <laughs> Bless my husband, he did make sure I was all right before then pissing himself laughing like I've never seen. So that's my answer. Warn people. Mm. <laughs> I'll simplify the question for you. Go on. Uh, which part of your body would you need to protect the most during a fall? Your vagina. No. <laughs> no. Your head and your genitals. Like in everything in life, I would say. Joe, what do you think you have to protect? Yeah, my big old dick. <laughs> Especially if it's hard, right? Yeah. <laughs> and you are really turned on by falling, aren't you? Yeah. Well, it's useful, though, because it sort of acts as a pivot. <laughs> so I can sort of... Use it to sort of spin myself round, you see. It's such a brilliant um, evolutionary thing yeah, that's happened. That I get amazing... a massive hard-on whenever I fall over. <laughs> Is it like hips as well? Because if you're elderly, breaking your hip can be a real pain in the hip. <laughs> How do you protect your hips, though? I don't know, like you're doing now, really. Mm, just sort of superhero Wrap your style. massive dick round them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't, what if you don't have one? Michael, Sarah, do what I would you Do I have a protect? massive dick? Is that a, you, is it? I do, if you include the tumours, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and the ladies always include the tumours. <laughs> I love your catchphrases, Michael. They're so good. <laughs> My, when you're talking about genitals, Margaret, I think my vagina could take a battering. I think... <laughs> yeah, Sarah, could. I mean, could. it has in, over the years. <laughs> I think it protects my glasses. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're expensive glasses. Yeah. I can manage without teeth, it's fine. I think, yeah, I would sort of hope that I could turn my head quick enough to protect my glasses with my tits. That's what I'm hoping for. <laughs> well, let's go over to producer Ben, who has the actual answers. I imagine we've got it right. <laughs> well, yes, Margaret and Joe have stormed this round, because uh, according to ARP.org, step one, stay bent. The moment you sense... <laughs> no. I don't, I don't um, remember. <laughs> this is bullying now. <laughs> who told you? The moment you sense you've lost your balance, get ready to fall with bent elbows and knees. When people panic, they become rigid. Bend mm. your elbows and have some give in your arms to soften the impact. So half a point to Margaret for the dream thing. Very um, good. When you're rigid, you're more likely to suffer a set of injuries called foosh. 
A doctor speak for fall-on outstretched hand. The result is often a broken wrist or elbow. Oh. Maybe is that what, what happened you to did? you, Joe? Yeah, maybe, yeah. Step two, protect your head. I've given a point to Margaret and Joe for this, and also a point to Sarah for saying she'd turn her head to protect her glasses with her tits. Um, <laughs> you're missing out on a lovely demonstration, <laughs> podcast audience. Yeah, if you're falling forward, be sure to turn your face to the side. If you're falling backward, tuck your chin to your chest so your head doesn't hit the ground. Step three, land on the meat. Try to land. What if you're nowhere near any meat? <laughs> I just happen to be at a raffle. <laughs> I fall down. <laughs> Try to land on a meaty part of your body, the muscles in your back, butt or thighs, not bone. Doing this will make you less likely to crack your elbows, knees, tailbone or hips. Point to Margaret for saying she'd land on her face. Um, <laughs> and finally, step four, keep falling. Your instinct will be to stop your body as quickly as you can, but your safest route is to keep rolling. Spread the impact across a larger part of your body. The more you roll with a fall, the safer you will be. So a point to Margaret and Joe for gambling. <laughs> gambling, gambling. Gambling, gambling. Michael and Sarah, you're scrolling through your favourite dating app for a late-night hookup when you come across a face you half-recognise. It's Mr Crab, your old history teacher. You swipe yes, why the hell not? He always had lovely hands. After a trip to a disco, you go back to his place, but fall unconscious after drinking his oaky home brew. You wake up in a dank cellar with an A-level history exam paper in front of you. You've got one hour, booms, Mr. Crab. If you don't get at least a B, you'll never leave this room alive. So what is the right way to cope with exam stress? (laughs) According to topuniversities.com. All of this is wrong. Yeah. Like, I shouldn't be on a date nap because I'm married. Um, <laughs> I couldn't do a late night hookup because there's too much preparation involved. <laughs> oh, it's too many things need shaving. Um, how do I know he's got nice hands? That's the worrying <laughs> thing for me. What is the definition of nice hands versus horrible hands? Well, Jesus previously had nice hands. <laughs> <laughs> Previously on Jesus. <laughs> Michael, were you good at exams at school? I'm doing this. <laughs> I don't know how you study for an exam. It didn't come up in IRA school. <laughs> Sorry, Saint IRA school. Do they, uh, do they have exams in Ireland? <laughs> Yeah, we called it the mainland campaign. But yes, it was an exam. <laughs> Sarah, have you, have, were you uh, SWAT at school? Yeah, totally. I didn't really have many friends. Well, unless you count like GCSEs. Um, <laughs> I just studied hard and concentrated. That was, that's how I dealt with exams. Consistently over the... Yeah. Oh. Sorry, is that not the answer? No, that's... Oh, I used to always get pissed and finger all the time and still <laughs> just had a photographic memory so I always managed to pass my exams. No, I worked really fucking hard and I abandoned all social things. Uh, and look, I'm still in the same place as you, Michael. <laughs> There's a lesson, kids. <laughs> Did you fancy any of your teachers, either of you? Well, yeah, that's the point. <laughs> no, no, right. Michael, no. No, it isn't. Isn't it? No. Oh, no. right. Which what? one did you fancy? Do you remember specifically? Father... No. Um, <laughs> it was... no. <laughs> Honestly, no way. <laughs> but um, I can't remember the name of my French teacher, but everyone fancies a French teacher because they're... 
Oh, we've got one in. <laughs> Are you a French teacher? <gasps> she's really pretty. Are you a yeah, French she's teacher? Really pretty. <laughs> it's we. <laughs> Wow, you are dog shit at your job. <laughs> I just feel like the context of that sentence could be beautiful in your life. It's we, you are shit at your job. <laughs> the amount of times you might have said that. Margaret and Joe, were either of you swats at school? I was quite good at exams. It was, you know, a brief respite from the bullying. Uh, <laughs> but I did, I got really, really stressed during my GCSEs and I went to the doctor. And what was weird, like the doctor was really nice but for some reason gave me a little physical. She had to look at my belly button and she said, that looks a bit sore, is it all right? And I was like, oh yeah, she said, well, it's a funny color. And I was like, no, 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 it's fine. And she prescribed me a cream for it. And what I didn't tell her was, I'd drawn around it when I was revising for my GCSEs because I was bored. But what's stupider is not only did I go and buy the cream, I fucking put it on. <laughs> You know, daily, for a week. <laughs> Joe, were you good at school? I was all right. I went to a grammar school. Mm. King Edward's Five Ways in Bartley Green, thank you. <laughs> um, yes, I'm a cat. And um, <laughs> I was never that fussed, really. I didn't really want to do that well in exams, really. It didn't really interest me that much. I discovered at university, I did an English exam, and I had to read three books for this exam, and I didn't read any of them. I read the first chapter of each one, and then read the Wikipedia page about each one, and I got a 2-1. And <laughs> no word of a lie, I think the thing that I learned from university and just from life in general is if you can bullshit, you can pretty much do anything. So I think, don't get stressed about exams, worry about them, because they're meaningless, and just get pissed. You, you had Wikipedia I know. at yeah, school. I know. So young. <laughs> Fucking hell! Any time that I had to go, oh, I don't know what the capital city of blah 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 is, or I don't really know what a tributary is, I had to look it up in the Bible. Margaret, <laughs> <laughs> would you date any of your old teachers? Mm, I mean, they were mainly nuns. So <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> Joe, did you have any sexy teachers? Mm, now I've said the name of the school. No. <laughs> you stress now Sarah do you get stressed at gigs have you got any pre-gig techniques I like to be fully empty of we mm. <laughs> one of my old tour managers said I didn't realise you could we straight after a we and I can and it comes out I don't know where it's been but yeah it's an odd thing I like to be completely empty of we are you <laughs> what are you doing with your empty bottle Michael <laughs> okay. I always like to be completely empty have you ever farted on stage yes I realise I'm pretty much the whole time when I stand on stage, I'm clenching my buttocks. Uh, and that's because I sometimes have bad IBS and I just worry that I'll shit, shit my pants. <laughs> so my arse cheeks are fucking ready all the time. I mean, it would be very funny if that's a mm. consolation. W would I be able to top that with jokes? Though? No. Like, yeah. That would yeah, have to right. be a finale or maybe an encore. <laughs> and then Michael's going, it's we, you are shit at your job. <laughs> Michael, you were, as Hello. a man who is permanently angry, mm. what do you do to de-stress? I think it, being angry is really relaxing. Don't you? <laughs> no. Oh. The opposite. I just don't think it's a natural state, being happy. No, but being relaxed. Thanks for coming to the show, guys. Have you ever had a massage, Michael? Yeah, I hated every fucking second <laughs> of it. 
especially when I said I'll do the happy ending myself. I'm not getting you. The look I got. Look, you still call it a happy ending, even though you don't like being happy. <laughs> if it's an ending, it's happy. I had, I've got that does it to my shoulder, and she was massaging, and you know when they massage mm. your neck, and they yeah. really get in there, and she was going, relax. I'm like, you're in a position where you could literally kill me. I'm meant to fucking relax. I find it very weird. I think lots of people aren't feeling threatened by their masseurs. They don't think they're going to be killed by them. That's the I answer. Am. I am always on alert. One. Yeah, you are. Topuniversities.com have come up with five things you shouldn't do if you're stressed about exams. Can you guess any of them, anybody? Five things you shouldn't do. Ketamine. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot to be said for the day of an exam going, do you know what? There's nothing I can do. Mm. It's like, you know, when it, you, you get really worked up about the Edinburgh Fringe. You go, oh, the preview, I've done all the previews, but my God, here's the first day of the Edinburgh Fringe. And you get all nervous. I don't know, but you do not get on day one, you go, listen, if it goes tits up, it goes tits up. There's literally nothing I can do. That's the problem. There's loads of things you can yeah. do. Do yeah. more previews, write more, well, be better. Then, then it's out of my hands. <laughs> do you think, maybe like Best Newcomer Award winner mm-hmm. versus a man that's not won anything approached yeah. to Edinburgh. Might, that might is differ. not true. I won a Chortle Award for Best Offstage Contribution. <laughs> Were you just in an audience? Yeah, but a re- really good. Gonna really funny in. audience. Good at clapping, yeah. yeah. I haven't done it in a while, yeah. but yeah. Any other, any other out of this top five? In fact, ketamine, which Things I think not is do. a point. Um, caffeine. Not do that. It's worded really weirdly. <laughs> it is. What are the things that you Just shouldn't tell do? tell us. Ben, what... what <laughs> Come on, Ben. Everybody hates this question. Do you out. see how it's bad we are in exams? Give us the fucking answers! <laughs> well, according to topuniversities.com, don't ignore it, the stress. Uh, some people's response to exam stress is to carry on as normal. Great short-term, no revision, no worries. But this will mean that when the exam day rolls up, you haven't prepared at all. So I gave Margaret half a mark for going to the doctor with stress for that. And you should take one away from Michael, because he does ignore it. That'll put me into minus numbers, so I'll um, I'll hold on for a moment. (laughs) Second, they say, don't blame yourself. At the other end of the spectrum are those who respond to exam stress by constantly giving themselves a hard time. A little self-chivying can be helpful, but too much negativity will be demotivating. So... I gave Michael half a point there for saying there's literally nothing he can do. <laughs> he's not giving himself a hard time, so that's good. You would have to wank before exams. I think that would be good. Yeah. Be very relaxing. Yeah, not during. People don't no. like that. No. <laughs> Could you count wanking as self-chivian? <laughs> uh, third one, don't set unrealistic <laughs> No, I'm not answering that. <laughs> that's my new favourite euphemism. <laughs> In the toilet, it's a little bit of self-chivying. <laughs> uh, don't set unrealistic targets. You're not superhuman. Don't set yourself goals you're never going to meet. So I gave Joe half a mark there for just reading one chapter and then Wikipedia. Thank you. Don't cut out fun treats and study breaks. Uh, Wanking. People... Yeah. <laughs> That's that a fun treat. The funnest treat yeah. of all. Some people do revision lockdown, focusing all their time and energy exclusively on the exam. However, taking time out is essential. And then the last one, I gave some points here. Don't drink too much caffeine. Point to Margaret for that. Uh, the extra boost may help you stay awake an extra hour or so, but won't do much good long term. Instead, stick to a balanced diet. So I gave half a mark to Joe for ketamine. <laughs> I mean, it is part of my balanced diet, but I balance on the end of my hard dick, don't I? So. <laughs> 
the end of that round, Ben, what are the points? Michael and Sarah have one and a half, and Margaret and Joe have six. Oh, who's going to win this episode of Do the Right Thing? I don't know. I've never listened to one. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, what we would really like is you to support us making future episodes. And to do that, you go to comedy.co.uk forward slash... And to do that, you go to comedy.co.uk forward slash... Fucking hell. Daniel can't say slash. (laughs) (laughs) If you would like to donate some money to helping us make more do the right things, then go to comedy.co.uk forward slash DTRT forward slash donate to find out how you can make a one-off payment or perhaps a pay-per-episode donation for future series. We are counting on you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Like pooping out a stickle brick, this round is agony. So in this round, I'm going to get the panel to solve some problems for an audience, but before that, I'm going to pump their perspicuity with a letter sent to a real agony aunt. Michael, could you please read this? I definitely can. Thank you very much. Dear agony aunt, I've recently proposed to my girlfriend. Isn't that nice? After ten years of bisexuality, brackets... Though I have had more female partners than male. (laughs) I was happy, excited, and in love. She introduced me to her parents three months ago, and her father and I immediately recognised each other from a local cruising site. (laughs) We have been intimate on about three or four occasions. Oh, my God. He has made contact with me and asked me to tell my fiancé about my sexuality. I asked if his wife knew about his, and we have reached something of an impasse. (laughs) He has since taken screenshots of all photos of me, and I have also found some of him. Shall I just walk away from the woman of my dreams? Sarah Millican, what advice would you give this poor man? Why have you come to me first? You made it sound like it was her. (laughs) Sarah Millican. Horrified by the entire situation. Initially, when you said cruising, I thought they'd been on a cruise together and I got quite excited. That is nice. They probably got some lovely holiday photos together, Uh, not just of like bumholes and stuff. Um, Portals. <laughs> so the question is should I walk away from the woman of my dreams? Yeah. Um no. 
I think what they should do is they should get round the table together at Christmas. Because <laughs> Christmas is when you get all the shit out, isn't it? Yeah. When you start shouting at each other, you're gonna, there's going to be arguments anyway, might as well be about that. So then they get it all out in the open, and then they all have like a foursome with the mam and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, what would your advice be for this man? Well, I am disgusted. <laughs> <laughs> These are two what are known as bisexuals, and I think that both of them are appalling. Um, <clears throat> there's actually this... This is a horrible story, really, and I don't know why I've started it. But Yes! <laughs> I was told by a man who works at the Glee Club in Birmingham. Um, there's a gay sex club in Birmingham called Bolts. I think it's just... <laughs> ah, yes, I remember you now. <laughs> <laughs> it's called Bolt, and there's a section of it called the Bull Ring, and it's a sort of semicircle of rooms, and you can one of them's got a kind of spider's web style thing of chains, and you can tie someone to that and sex things and whatever. I've only been in once, and when I went in, there was a man being rimmed on a table, so I um I left quite quickly afterwards because it was slightly <laughs> above my um tastes. But um, so uh, there's a dark room in Bolt, which is just a uh, if you're not familiar with the concept, it's just a room that is dark, and um, <laughs> you go in and you sort of fumble around and hope for the best. You don't get photographs developed. No. no. <laughs> I mean, you could do, you could. That's right. This friend of mine who works in the Glee Club, a friend of his, went in, went into the dark room, had a little fumble round, found somebody that liked the fumble that had happened. They walked out and it was his dad. <laughs> I told you it's a horrible story. So this can oh. happen. So my advice is that they should both seek the teachings of Jesus Christ <laughs> and stop their hideous ways. No, but can I just say, it's not the bisexuality that's appalling, it's the terrible lies and deceit. But that's the problem. We all have a history. No, not like, not like that. <laughs> no, but the dad is cheating on the mum. Oh, the dad's cheating on the mum, yeah. And she doesn't know about his sexuality. No. And the fiancé the doesn't done know about wrong. his no, he should have told her. No, he's been very explicit. He's had more female partners than men. But she doesn't know that. She doesn't know he's bisexual. That's unclear. You know what? <laughs> I think it's the mum I feel sorry for in all of this. She's not getting any action from anywhere, is she? They wouldn't let her in bolts. <laughs> <laughs> she might be able to clean the table afterwards. <laughs> after it's been rimmed on. No. I don't know what the terminology is. I'm sorry. No Dettol in the world would solve that problem. <laughs> See, if it was a good wooden one, you'd need to use pledge, that's where you're wrong. <laughs> Michael, this young man has found love. Oh. Should the fact that he's fucked her dad... <laughs> <laughs> the age-old question, yeah. Isn't that a plotline in Mamma Mia 3 or something? <laughs> oh, it should be. Do you think this man should tell his fiancée and risk his beautiful relationship? I think he definitely should, because he's a fucking mental case. <laughs> because No, I'm sorry, the, the, the second that you realise that you fucked your partner's dad, you definitely need to frickin' tell them. I did. <laughs> <laughs> Am I the only decent person left? <laughs> Ben, what advice did the real agony aunt give? So, this advice comes from Mariella Frostrup in The Observer. She says, The odds on such a coincidence occurring must be staggeringly high. Yet, no matter how cataclysmic it now seems, this is really for the best. And she agrees fundamentally with what Michael said and 
what Margaret said, that entering into a marriage without a degree of honesty about who you are dooms the relationship to disaster from the outset. Surely your fiancé deserves to know the details of your sexual tastes. If she can come to terms with this news, then you've chosen the right person for you. If not, she probably isn't the dream woman after all. As for her father, he doesn't come out of this looking good, but if you are locked at an impasse with him, then only honesty can free you. Your first task isn't to enlighten her about her father's cruising days. That's a dilemma you can leave him to face up to. Any information you proffer at this juncture will just be seen as a clumsy attempt to divert attention and spread the responsibility. What the man's meant to do is go, I fucked one of your family, (laughs) but I'm not going to say who. That is a quiz show I'd watch. (laughs) Dad or no dad? (laughs) In a box. See, now you've learnt how real Agony Aunt does it. Let's see you deal with some problems from tonight's audience. Is James here? James with the wife. Are you here? Ooh, someone's Someone? bragging. Oh, someone's got a wife. James's problem is, my wife is addicted to social media. In the evening, when I crave a little adult conversation, all I get is her flicking through Instagram. More annoyingly, whenever we watch TV, I just get a constant barrage of questions about what's happening. So, uh, are you here, James? Yeah. So your wife spends all her time on social media rather than talking to you? Yeah. Is she here? Yeah. <laughs> Hiya! Hiya! <laughs> That's that problem solved. Um, uh, James, why are you so boring? Have you ever fucked her dad? <laughs> that would get the conversation yeah. going. Yeah, something really to chat really about. Good. Absolutely. Can we speak to your wife? Do you feel that you're addicted to social media? Well, she's on Twitter at the moment, so... (laughs) I would say I probably have a bit of a problem. Are pictures of other people's dinners more entertaining than your husband? Is that the problem? Yeah, I mean, he's not going on social media, but he's still Googling football results and that kind of stuff. So, uh, see, it's kicking off. (laughs) It's kicking off in Birmingham. (laughs) Whereabouts in Birmingham do you live? Bourneville. Oh. Oh. Posh. They don't have any pubs in Bourneville. No. I think I found the root of the problem. Move to Harborn. That's my advice. Bit of local reference for you there. Michael, does it annoy you if you go out for a drink with someone and they're looking yeah. through their phone? Does it annoy you? No. If they do it like we're sitting together, it's fine. But I don't know why, but it annoys me. If I go to the loo and I come back and they're on the What? You couldn't be on your own for five fucking seconds? It takes me five seconds to have a shit, ladies. <laughs> I am a pretty good catch. Yeah, that, I don't know why, do you, but that really Do you really think annoys. they should be sitting there thinking about you I and think what they, you've just they said? They should be writing a poem about me. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that's very good advice for your marriage, to, yeah. to put aside your phones and write poems to each other. How long have you been together? Over 11 years. Married for two. Well, there's still time to get out and find somebody yeah. new. <laughs> Loads of time. Yeah. I'm on my second marriage and it's not going to be my last. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so much advice. easier to meet people these days thanks to social media. <laughs> Um, when my husband is on his phone too much, I just go to him, oh, are you looking at porn? And then he puts it down. So hmm. maybe accuser of looking at porn. I do this. What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? 
And he puts it down eventually. I've done it before. He's been on his phone and I've been on my phone, but I've stopped now and now I want conversation. And I'll just WhatsApp him. Hi. <laughs> That's Try really that. good. It's quite That's effective. Advice. If a little passive-aggressive. Do you do WhatsApp rather than a normal text so you can see that he's read it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not a beginner, Joe. This is my second marriage, didn't you hear? <laughs> really good at marriage. James, from that wealth of advice, who would you like to give points to? Sarah. I told them to leave each other as well. Oh, yeah. sorry, guys. That's a harsh way for her to find out this splitting <laughs> off. Lizzie, is Lizzie here? Lizzie with the musicals. Lizzie's problem is, my favourite musical has stopped showing in London. This has made me very sad. What can I do to get over it? (laughs) (laughs) The musical is Bat Out of Hell, the musical. (laughs) Not a musical. It is a theatrical songbook. (laughs) Don't argue with me. I know a lot about musicals. (laughs) Lizzie, how many times have you seen Battle of Hell? 34 times. What? <gasps> wow. You have fucking wasted your entire life. <laughs> it's, it is that good. It's just so worth it. <gasps> so you always go to London to see it? Yeah, we've seen it in Manchester as well. It's toured. Did it not come uh, to Birmingham? Sadly not. It's gone oh. to Oberhausen now in Germany, which is a bit too far to go. So you've seen it in London, you've seen it in Manchester, you haven't seen it in Birmingham. Yeah, it, well, it didn't come well, to Well, two out of three ain't bad. Come on, people! <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> Do you think if somebody was ill at any point during the show, you could probably have jumped up and taken their part? <gasps> were you waiting? Was that, that why you were there? Were you waiting for that opportunity? Yes, I do know it word for word by now. But well, the music is it's meatloaf music, so it's Yeah, but you the best can just the get world. the album. It's long. <laughs> yeah, he yeah, recorded those songs. Yeah, I've seen Meatloaf 21 times as well. Wow. So you're a bigger fan of a tribute to Meatloaf. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, you should stage your own version. Put on a one-woman version of it. Mm. Yeah, that's just a good idea. Yeah, that'd be fun. Now. No, no, no. In, in your house on your own. <laughs> <laughs> and never leave. <laughs> so, so, Sarah, you love musicals. I do right? love musicals. What is your favourite stage musical? I'm quite new to musicals, so about the last five years I've started to get slightly addicted. And I've seen Dear Evan Hansen, which is coming to London soon. I've seen that three times, and I've seen Hello Dolly three times. It's how I feel when I'm watching it is the thing that I try and get back, and you can't get that back by listening to the soundtrack. So I feel your pain for one. That's not helpful, is it? No. <laughs> so quickly. Well, apart from funding it to go around the country and come you back could to do Birmingham. that, Sarah. How about Lazy. just a residency in Birmingham? Kickstarter. Sarah's Kickstarter. advice is Kickstarter. Yeah. Joe, what advice would you give? I think that you should get Sarah Millican to fund a world tour <laughs> of Bat Out of Hell. Full scale world yep. tour. Lizzie, who would you like to give points to? Uh, Sarah, I like the idea of putting put it on myself. Thank you, Thank to you. Lizzie. Okay, let's check the scores with producer Ben. Michael and Sarah have clawed it back. They now have five and a half, and Margaret and Joe have seven and a half. Do you find the thermostat baffling? Is your rice always shit? Have you burned down your flat trying to open some paint? It might be time to ask an expert. Ask, 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 ask. Ask an expert. Yeah.
In this round, the panel have to work out what people with expertise do to stay ahead of the game. So today we have two experts joining us. It's Peritin experts, Ellie and Helen from the Scummy Mummies podcast. Hey. Big round of applause. You look like you could be in Bat Out of Hell the musical. Yeah. The idea that we're parenting experts, by the way, is absolutely hilarious. I mean, yeah. do you know anything about parenting? Absolutely not. Oh, all I know is about biscuits and iPads. Oh, will you be my mum? Oh, of course, Sarah. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> right, panel, in a moment, you're going to have to second guess what Ellie and Helen would do in some parenting-based scenarios. But before that, we've got a chance to get to know them a bit better by asking them some questions. Um, how do you know when you have kids? Well, my vagina's this big now, so I'm pretty sure that was due to childbirth and not my husband. Um, so, yeah. Oh, don't take that. that away from him. <laughs> <laughs> How easy are they to monetize? I mean, we've kids? made a fucking career out of it, so, yeah, it's oh, very easy. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much. You're the best parents in the world. <laughs> Jesus. They're getting nothing. I've uh, got a question. Yes. In what way are skin babies, as I like to call what you have, yes, uh, I mean, that makes better sense. than fur babies? Why are you saying skin baby and what is wrong with your babies? Mine's <laughs> <laughs> furry in a dog. Eventually, they can earn money and take you out for dinner. I think that's about it. My fur baby is never going to grow up and vote for UKIP. Whereas my skin baby might. Oh, so I've I'm... met your skin baby. I think she might. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a question. I'm 30 and a lot of my friends having children. How, um, when they've had a child, do you say something nice to them other than it's shit? <laughs> do you mean the baby's shit? Yeah. Or, like, right. Ugh, like, what, why shit. are they so fucking shit? <laughs> I mean, I've asked them that myself, and I, it's tough to get a straight answer out of a seven-year-old, wouldn't you agree? I like very few children other than my, my own, because yeah. I kind of like biologically have to, I think, legally. I think that's the, the law. But you just say, you always say they're lovely. Mm. You always oh, say, oh, they're they gorgeous. Are lovely. They're gorgeous. And you say, yeah. you're doing very well. Mm. Can I bring you a lasagna? That is about it. Can you put rat poison in the lasagna, or is that yeah. not? <laughs> you want to you kill them as well. A, if it's a newborn baby, you just have to sniff it and go, oh, it doesn't smell like your vagina anymore oh that's nice <laughs> anymore like i checked yeah, exactly. it before <laughs> so this is scenario one scummy mummy ellie is stuck in hideous traffic on the motorway her baby is finally asleep but the trouble is she really really needs a wee she can't get out of the car and leave the baby but also she can't wake the baby because she's not an idiot and that baby has been screaming for 30 minutes and is finally at some peace so what would ellie do in this situation so I have a baby, and my first thought was, just we at the side of the car. But I don't drive. So. Is this on the motorway? I don't think you're allowed to. No. What about the slip roads? The hard shoulder. Can you stop on a slip road? No. No. No, it's probably a good job you don't drive. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Sarah Millican actually um, gave, <laughs> <laughs> um, gave me a car once, which is a very generous gift. I've forgotten the make of it now. It's a... Yeah, I love that car. You gave it away. Yeah, well, you gave it to me and then I passed yes. it on to somebody else. It was a micro. A red micro, that was it. You gave um, him a car? Yeah. Oh. My car didn't even get me a wedding present. No. <laughs> it, it, it's good if you remember how nice I am when you hear the rest of the story. <laughs> the car was called Felmer, I remember that. And I was driving around in it for a good few months and then she texted me and she said, I need to tell you something. I just recorded Would I Lie to You? And um, 
I said this thing, and I need you to know that I needed the loo once when I was driving that car, and I climbed over into the passenger seat and pissed into it. Okay, let's get the proper story, though. Um, I was on the M6. Sure. It's a good motorway, and the traffic ground to a halt and was still for two hours. I missed my gig, and they had taken everybody in front of us off that way, and everybody behind us went up the slip road and came off, and there was just a whole bunch of us stuck there, and all the men were getting out of the cars and having wheeze by the side of the road, and I was getting to that point where I felt ill because I was so bursting for a wee, and first of all, I did try a different thing. I had an empty bottle of Coke, and I tried to fashion a wee receptacle... But I didn't have scissors, I had tweezers, I stuck them in, and I worked my way around, all the way around. The monkey was no help. Um, (laughs) Made a very jaggedy edge that my whole fanny area just went, no! So then I decided I had to wee, and I didn't want to sit in the wee, because I knew I was still going to have to drive at some point, so I moved across fuck knows what the people behind me in the car thought it was not not in not in the car that would have been weird if I had passengers <laughs> excuse me um I moved across to the passenger seat I took everything down I did a big way I felt infinitely better and was very smug about myself uh I took it into the garage the next day and said can you give it a deep clean because my friend's dog did a way uh, yeah it was cunning and then I was being interviewed by the researcher for Would I Lie to You? And he was like, tell me the crazy things you've done. And I've done no crazy things. You know me, Michael, I'm boring mm. as fuck. And then at the end of like an hour, I said, oh, there was that time I weeded my car. And he was like, oh, good. So I knew I was going to have to do it on the show. So I recorded the show and I texted Joe that I'd done away on the passenger seat. And I thought you should know before it came out in the open. And his reply, I'll remember forever. He said, that's where I put my sandwiches. <laughs> remember, I gave him a car. I'm still a nice person. Surely your sandwiches had wrappers on them, didn't they? Yeah, but, you know, there's probably some residue of Millican piss <laughs> that gets yeah. into it. I can wee just from having a little cough because I've had two massive babies. But I can't piss in front of Ellie, and Ellie and I are a double act, so often are in the glamorous behind-the-scenes, mm. you know, green rooms. And one time, there was just a sink. We're about to go on, and we do wear these all the time, basically. We like the sort of C-3PO's lesbian auntie's look. Yeah. Um, we look like fat for. Oscars, basically. <laughs> that's, our, that's our signature look. Um, Ellie easily took the cat suit off. I can do it anywhere, mate. She, she's it's amazing. like a superpower. I'm like an X-Man. Just piss anywhere. Co- cocked a leg and just horsed it out, right? Just like, uh, <laughs> like a fire hydrant. Me, on the other hand, like, I'm a voluptuous lady, so I peeled down the cat suit and I, like, honk, honk myself onto the ledge. Could not. I tightened up something chronic. But, yeah, if I just, like, go to fright, it'll all come out. But I couldn't do it in front of you, Ellie. When my baby was very young, you know, like, so you wear them in a sling all the time, and then if you need to go to the toilet, and what I'd do is, if I really needed a shit, I'd cover her ears up. <laughs> She's yeah. never going to remember. Her ears, but not her eyes. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> She's really forward, Sarah. Then that right. makes her eyesight stronger. How oh. loud are your poos? <laughs> oh, no. I like to think, actually, it's more yeah. the splash. <laughs> We had a lady at one of our shows once told her that she did a poo with the baby and the baby was strapped to her in one of the carrier things and she did the poo and then she realised it was a public loo and there was no toilet roll. So she just used the baby's socks. Yeah. <laughs> Popped it off. Not while I was on the baby, Not you on idiots. The baby. Like, she took them off. 
not great for the my, environment. But my you know. sister was once. Um, oh God! Right, so she <laughs> she was constipated and she was on her phone on the loose, but she was on a WhatsApp group of some mums that she didn't know very well, and she accidentally sent a voice message. <laughs> And she played me this voice message. I can guarantee this is what it said. Oh, motherfucker! Come on! Was she in bolts? <laughs> and obviously, she immediately got some responses. <laughs> What's going on? Wow. And she, quick thinking, she said, I was just reaching under the sofa for something. Perfect. <laughs> She was sh- shitting oh. under the sofa. <laughs> I have a friend now, whoever he, whenever he goes for a shit, he says, I'm just going to reach under the sofa. For <laughs> uh, I love it. <laughs> Ellie and Helen, what is the answer to this? So what you do is, baby sleep in the car, you wee in a nappy. They hold a shitload of wee. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's the wrong terminology. <laughs> <laughs> We do our Scummy Mummies show all over the country and we always ask the audience who's done this and there is always one person. There, there is, is never not a person who's uh, done it. But then we were in Twickenham and a woman put her hand up and said, I did a shit. <gasps> <laughs> she was so proud. She was, she was so, so proud. thrilled. <laughs> so thrilled. I don't even have a baby. <laughs> <laughs> do you know, my sister lives quite near Twickenham and I'm worried this is her. This is, that might affect her. <laughs> This is scenario number two. It's Saturday night at Scummy Mummy Helen's house and child one has just wet the bed. Oh no. And they've done a poo as well. Meanwhile, Helen's other half is scrubbing vomit off the hallway wall after child two contracted a particularly fun tummy bug. It's not quite the date night they had planned. So what would Helen do to keep the spark of romance alive in her relationship? (laughs) Get yourself a ticket to bat out of hell. But I won't do that. <laughs> Is there a way that you, whatever you were wearing, you could take off and just have, like, the rubber gloves on? Oh, yes. Your marigolds. Yes, nice. So to make the cleaning up kind of sexy, yes. bending mm. over to strip the bed. Yes. Oh, that's a Play the bit, cleaner. Yeah. We could role play. Yeah, a little yes. bit Ajax behind the ears. <laughs> If, that, if my husband did that, I'd think he was about to murder me. He just didn't want any DNA evidence, so he stripped off his clothes, rubber gloves, you know. I'd be Sorry. looking for shovel and bleach, really. <laughs> I'd be worried. If I am scrubbing something and my husband was doing me from behind, I would be really happy. I mean, it takes the effort out. <laughs> <laughs> It's all on him from there on. You could just keep your hands still, and then yeah. with the movement, yeah. it would be, yeah. yeah. Come on, mate, if you want this carpet clean, you are going to have to ram me. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you should see job. on the advert, the yeah. updated shaken back advert. <laughs> and then you can check for chicken nuggets under the fridge. Yes, it's very there. nice. <laughs> Margaret, as a mother, how do you keep the sexual passion alive in your relationship? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Michael. <laughs> I um, I sleep with Michael. Yeah, that's that nice. really does keep her husband really turned <laughs> off. Joe, how would you if the spark had gone out of a relationship? How would you bring it back? Well, um, you wouldn't, would you? <laughs> <laughs> Move on. <laughs> Move on. Go to a cruising app and see if their dad's on there. Yes, yeah. I mean that's hit nice. up bolts. <laughs> yeah. 
Can we do our reveal? Yeah, if you give us the answer. Uh, because you cannot be spontaneous anymore because you're so fucking tired, we like to say schedule sex in your diary. So mm. put like a reminder, maybe at like 11.30 at night on a Tuesday after you've combed nits out of the hair of the kids and taken the bins out, deworm the dog and had a row about his mother. Uh, that's what you kind of want is just a little reminder to fuck the bastard. So that, I think that would be... <laughs> Because it does, I think it does change after me and my husband. We used to have amazing makeup sex when we had a row, and now we just have wake up sex, which is where we have to wake each other up in the middle of it, which is <laughs> it's quite stressful. But he actually had a suggestion: um, look, why don't we stay in tonight? Uh, we'll watch a film, get a curry, and then a bit of the other, right? And I said, look, we always eat too much curry, and then we don't feel like having sex, you know. And I swear to God, this is his tip. He said, what we we'll do is we'll eat half the curry, <laughs> then we'll have sex. And then we'll eat the other half of the curry. That sounds good. That sounds really good. Yeah, good. You know, it was a lovely a night tip. in. It was yeah. a lovely night in. Yeah. That sounds amazing. Oh. <laughs> Take the sex out. That's a really good night in. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I genuinely want to see Battered of Hell the musical next. <laughs> Ellie and Helen, uh, if you could award one point to any panellist, who would it be for those answers? Oh, what do you think? Sarah. I think Sarah got the point. No. no. Oh, the rubber gloves thing. <laughs> For giving a soiled car away. <laughs> For giving a car away. <laughs> so before you leave us, Ellie and Helen, is there anything you would like to plug? Uh, we are the Scummy Mummies. We're at Scummy Mummies. And we're doing a full fucking Edinburgh this year, which we've never done before. The full banana, like 26 shows. Who knows how it's going to go? And we do a fortnightly podcast called the Scummy Mummies podcast. So have a listen. Thank you, experts Ellie and Helen from the Scummy Mummies podcast. And while we're at it, is there anything you would like to plug, Sarah and Joe? Sarah? I have a podcast called Standard Issue, uh, which is a women's magazine that is the opposite of all women's magazines. It makes women feel great. (laughs) As opposed to bullshit. Thanks. Joe. I just want everyone to have a nice time. Oh, that's nice. Go to bolts. That's yeah, really bolts. nice. Oh, yes, I'd like to... I would like... That. Sorry, yes, no, I do have something to plug. Please join me every Thursday between 1.30 and 2 a.m. in bolts. Before we hit the final round, producer Ben, what are the scores? Michael and Sarah now have six and a half. Margaret and Joe still have seven and a half. Oh. Oh. Like someone taking their six-year-old niece to see Magic Mike live, we're about to do the wrong thing. In this round, I want the panellists to tell me what is the wrongest thing to do in any given situation. The winner gets Adrian Charles's landline number. The round ends when producer Ben blows off through a baking foil tube. Question one. You're about to be executed and are asked for any last request. What is the wrong thing to do? Ask if you can bring a friend. <laughs> you find your first grey hair. What is the wrong thing to do? Oh, I know this. So my mum told me not to pluck it out because two grow in its place, but I think she's getting it mixed up with Medusa. <laughs> 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 You've got 10,000 spoons. What is the wrong thing to do? Open um, a carvery. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, um, put that on your Tinder profile. (laughs) Oh, I must change my profile. (laughs) Your genitals can speak. What is the wrong thing to do? Uh, Book them on a TED Talk. (laughs) Force them to kiss. (laughs) 
fall down some stairs because it'll muffle them. <laughs> <laughs> the canteen has run out of chips. What's the wrong thing to do? Go to a canteen. <laughs> <laughs> you find the touring shroud on free cycle. What is the wrong thing to do? Use it as a sex mask. <laughs> Piss in it and give it to Joe. <laughs> And that is why I love you, Sarah. <laughs> Life hands you lemons. What is the wrong thing to do? Defend Michael Jackson. <laughs> just always, I'm just saying, that is the wrong thing to do. You could make a beautiful steak tagliata. So um, what you do is you, you pan fry very quickly a beautiful steak, very quickly on either side. You take it out and the oil in that, you add some chopped garlic, some lemon zest and some rosemary, you let the oil infuse, you pour that through a sieve to make the oil just so that all the bits are out, then you put half a lemon juice through that, that's the dressing, then you chop up the steak very thinly, put some rocket over the top, and then the dressing goes over the top, bit of parmesan, delicious. Joe, why is that the wrong thing to do? Oh, fuck. Misunderstood. to Joe's for Russian roulette and margarita tonight. Producer Ben, what are the final scores? The final scores are very, very close. Margaret and Joe have 11. Michael and Sarah have 11 and a half. Well done to Michael and Sarah. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Do the right thing features Sarah Millican, Joe Lyser, Margaret Cable-Smith, Michael Legg, Scummy Mummies, Ellie Gibson and Helen Thorne and me, Danielle Wolf. I devised it producer Ben Walker and you put the script together with David Reed. I only wrote that joke about the conference pair that baffled everybody. Martin White with the music. That's to Birmingham Town Hall of Podfest, Brum for having us, and to Brimley Davis for helping out. Do the right thing in the post production for the internet! deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.